Uh-oh, it looks like we piqued your interest in the hideout. First of all, let me tell you what the hideout is not. The hideout is not for hustlers, for grinders, or for people who are looking for a shortcut to what the world calls success. The hideout is about growing as men, creating lifelong friendships, and having the time of our lives. Are you ready to tap in to the endless source that will take you from success to significance? The hideout is two and a half days of hiking, biking, and doing the little things that it takes to create lifelong friendships. I find that joy is nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. And that's when we see growth in every area of your life. Have you accomplished your goals professionally and financially and you still thirst for something more? Has success in these areas come at the expense of far more valuable things like your family, your children, and your relationships? Alignment in business, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures all come from true relationships. The hideout is designed to get to know people before you'll ever need them. This is not your typical mastermind. The hideout is focused on the one thing that will fuel everything, joy. And when joy is overflowing in your life, you'll find growth in your marriage, your relationships, and oh yeah, your business. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, I was so excited to be able to have this young man on. I was talking to my brother this morning, uh, my, one of my biggest mentors, and I was telling him, and I didn't even have to get out the whole entire description of this man. My brother was like, oh yeah, long snapper for Tulane. Like right off the bat, he knew exactly who I was talking about. This young man is, is an absolute phenomenon. He's the first person to ever play in a, a division one football game, uh, being legally blind. And I just think, I mean, we all have, uh, you know, challenges. We all have things that we have excuses. Well, today, get ready to lay down every one of those excuses that you ever had in your entire life and be inspired by not only a, a keynote speaker, a founder, a CEO of a new company that we're going to be talking about as it comes about. But this man is just an incredible, incredible human being. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Aaron Golub. Yeah, thank you so much for that intro. Excited to be here talking with you today. And well, it's, it's incredible, man. I know you were down, you were down in Tulane and now you're in Boston. The, the big question is, are you a, are you a Sox fan now or where, where's your, where's your fandom, my man? From Boston originally, always, you know, Patriots, Red Sox fan. <laughs> I, I do like the Saints, you know, as, as an NFC team, I, I root for them as long as they're not playing the Patriots, but you know, definitely a big Boston sports fan. That's awesome, man. Well, I, well, it's tough for me because I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, um, but I like to see your boy Brady, uh, you know, get after it, uh, which I think is amazing. Let's let's hop right in, Aaron. I mean, um, the, the the tagline, man, um, being the first legally blind athlete, like uh, or, or football player, to play in a, a Division One football game. I mean, how's that even possible? Like you, I mean, the number one thing, and and not number one thing, I guess you 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 killed that for all of us. Um, but being able to play, I mean, what got, what in your head, that belief system had to be at a, at a, a amazing level. Was there opposition to this early on? You know, when I was growing up, I was not the 
athlete that I turned into. I was not an athletic kid. I was not strong. I was not big. I was not fast. I was terrible. You know, sophomore year of high school, I was a third string junior varsity center and defensive tackle. And, and that was who I was. And I always knew I wanted more. I wanted something different. I wanted to play at the highest level I could. And I just made a decision my sophomore year, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was like, I'm going to play division one football. And I don't care what other people think. I didn't care about others' opinions. I just didn't matter to me. And I found long snapping. And I realized that if I got good enough at this unique niche position, I might have an opportunity. And from then on out, it was, what do I need to do to work, you know, 10, 20, 30 times harder than everyone else, just so I could be as good as them, if not better than them. And, you know, I went to school, I, I woke up every morning at 5am practice long snapping, I went to school, I went to practice with the team, I lifted weights every single evening. And I did that every single day for the next three years. And until I got to the point that I was one of the top long snappers in the nation. So Aaron, help me with this. So help me with this because, you know, was it, were you born, were you born blind or was it uh, something yep. that, that happened over time? Yeah. So born with no vision, in my right eye and limited in my left. Okay. So limited on your left, how much? I mean, it's a very small hole that I see out of. It's not through directly through my pupil. It's kind of off to the side. And I mean, like I can see you on the screen, but like if there's something written on your shirt, I have no idea what it says. I can't okay. tell you what your eye color. I, I, like I, when I look at my phone, you know, I hold my phone like this and I have large, you know, print on it. You know, so it's, it's, it's not like it's a ton by any means. Who helped you to, uh, like, who gave you the permission? I was just talking with my friend the other day, and I think one of the biggest things is, you know, early on in life, I think one of the greatest things that you can ever get from anyone or what you can give to anyone is permission to just try. So who gave you that permission from an early age? Because a lot of times, you know, maybe as a parent, we want to, you know, if I'm your parent, I maybe want to protect you from, you know, maybe not going through the challenges that you would because I see if you try, then maybe you're not going to, it's not going to work out. Who gave you that permission early on? You know, I personally, I don't know if I necessarily like the word permission. However, I think that, that my parents my sister, my coaches were very supportive and helped to push me in the right directions. And if I wanted to do something, they would you know, support me in any way that they could. Obviously, my parents were concerned. Coaches were concerned in the beginning. But for me, I feel like you know, the permission comes from within. And, and, and the reason I say that you know, I didn't like the word permission is because I don't believe that anyone can give you or take away permission to do something. If you want to do something, it's giving yourself the permission to do it. Now, the other comment there is, who gave support or who supported you? My parents fully supported me. My mom and my dad, my sister, my coaches, they, they did whatever they could once, you know, they realized it was what I wanted to do to, you know, help me get there. But I think the permission comes from, if you want something, do you give yourself the permission to do it? How, how do you get to that point? I mean, because this, this is a, a confidence thing, right? I mean, how do we, how does one build the type of confidence that you have to go after? Because I mean, what you're talking about and what you went after, um, you know, in division one, I, I don't know how, how many, how many division one uh, football teams are there in the, in the country? A little like 120, maybe. I, I don't know the exact number. I think it's around there. So, I mean, to put that in perspective out there for you listening, this young man who had a, you know, a, a, a situation in his life that a lot of people would count him out, he went after a position. There's, there's only 120 positions in the whole entire world, and he was able to get it. This is, this is incredible. So talk to us about that confidence and how people can build the confidence no matter where they're at. Yeah. I mean, look, when I was younger, when I was in, you know, elementary school, middle school, even you know high school for a degree, I didn't have that sense of confidence, that sense of, 
um, you know, knowing who I was in, in that degree. And I think getting good at football brought that to me. I think that once I found something that I was truly dedicated to, truly committed to, you know, I completely changed my body through lifting every single day. I, I went from being you know, scrawny and skinny to, you know, when I got to college, like I was lifting with some of the strongest guys on the team. Like that's that, like I, I turned myself into that person because I knew what I had to do. You know, I think it's about understanding the goal that you have and doing everything you can to attack it. Most people don't have confidence because I think they, they believe that they're a person who doesn't follow through with what they say they're going to do. They don't believe that they're worthy of something, whatever it may be. And, you know, an easy trick to just build confidence is when you say you're going to do something, go out and do it. The amount of people who say they're going to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym, and, and I'm not advocating for it and saying you have to wake up at 5. I do it a lot of the time, at least, you know, we talked before that right now I've been between Boston and LA. And, and when I'm in Boston, I wake up at five LA, my schedule is, you know, different. And I, I have to kind of find the rhythm uh, for when I'm moving there, because, you know, when I wake up, sometimes if I have a call at nine, that's 6am there. And so it's, haven't really quite found that rhythm yet, but I, I will, will find it soon. But um, my point there is like, you don't necessarily need to wake up at five, but if you say you're going to wake up at five, wake up at five. If you say you're going to wake up at six, wake up at six, stop hitting the snooze button. If you say you're going to go to the gym tomorrow, go to the gym tomorrow. If you say you're going to do these seven tasks on your to-do list, do those seven tasks on your to-do list. Stop procrastinating because the more you procrastinate, the more you're losing confidence in yourself, the more you continue to do the things you say you're going to do. You build that confidence because you build yourself as a person who says, I do what I say I'm going to do. So I have that confidence to continue to grow. I think one of the most inspiring things, Aaron, is, and my brother told me this, is not about all the successes that a person has, but the failures that they have, because then we see that the person is human. I mean, seeing you and seeing you perform at the level that you perform and being up at five in the morning, there's a lot of people out there listening and they're like, Aaron, maybe I could get up at seven. Maybe I could get up at nine. You know what but I'm that's like, fine. That's yeah. fine though. Like, like the thing is, the thing is people think that they have to wake up at a certain time. And, and, you know, look, I like waking up early. I think it is good for people too, but you know, that's, that's another discussion. I think that it's, it's totally cool if you wake up at seven, but then maybe you're up later at the night and night, you know, doing stuff, or, you know, maybe you want to wake up earlier, but you don't know how to. And so one of the things that I talk about all the time is like, look, you say you want to go to five and go to the gym and you normally wake up at seven. And the one day you woke up at five, you did it. And then by 2 PM, you were burnt out and you were like, I'm never doing this again. That's because you shocked your system by waking up two hours early. So instead, how about every day for a week, you wake up 10 minutes early at 6.50. Next week, you do 6.40. The next week, you do 6.30. And you gradually do it to build back to that because then you'll actually build that consistency and be able to do it. I think a thing that I hear in, in you is, I mean, which is not normal. When you're a high performer like you are, you have crazy empathy. And I just heard it in what you were talking about, because when I was saying, you know, a person can't wake up at five o'clock and you were like, well, if you can't, then that's okay. Most of the time, hard charging people like yourself that are performers, they have the tendency to expect that out of every other person. Where did you learn that empathy or was it just a God given gift for you? I think I've gotten it from my parents, coaches, people around me. It's something I've had to learn and develop. It's not a natural skill set for me. I think that I've realized that not everyone is me. And so if I'm working with you know teammates on something and I think we need to get some project done, well, you know, everyone has their own ways of working. And like, yeah, I want it done by tomorrow. Well, that's not necessarily going to get hap- happen and life happens. And, and you got to learn to be more compassionate and, and empathetic. But that is not something that I'm naturally good at. It's something that I have to 
pay attention to. And I've gotten a lot better at over time and understanding others and, and being there. And it's something that I think over the past probably four or so years has really developed to the point that it's getting pretty natural for me now, but it's something that I've really had to focus on and, and develop. Who's the person who doesn't cut you any slack? Like my brother doesn't cut me any slack. Like if I, like this morning I called, I messed up with my daughter yesterday and McKenna, hopefully you listened to this and I screwed up. She's 13 years old. I, I, I went off and I, I reacted based off of what I thought she should react because of the way she should react the way that I thought. And my brother was like, uh-uh. and he just, he handled me this morning. Who is the person who calls you on your doo-doo, Aaron? Yeah, you know, I think it's always, when I was younger, for example, in college, you know, my, I'll give an example of like my, my coaches understood that I responded well to, you know, certain, certain things, you know, some people respond well to positive reinforcement. And I think that is, you know, for the majority of people, that is awesome. Now, when we are lifting weights, I respond very well to people screaming at me and yelling at me. It's, it's, it was funny. <laughs> I, I just, I, my, who I am responds better to that. When I, when I in, was back in college and even today, if I'm trying to you know squat a ton of weight or bench a ton of weight, I want to get mad and angry. And someone who can put me in that state of mind is how I'm going to perform the best. Now today, you know, someone who continues to hold me accountable, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a specific person. Like, yes, I can think of business partners who, you know, check in and, and make sure I'm okay or you know, doing the right things. But I don't necessarily have someone who I work with every single day who says, you know, why are you doing this or why aren't you doing that? I think I'm very good at holding myself accountable. And I think to be a good entrepreneur, you have to be good at holding yourself accountable because no one else is going to do the work for you. Um, you know, as I develop the company I'm building that we'll get into later, you know, that will probably come where sooner or later we'll bring on someone who, you know, I'm, I'm working with even more often who will do that. You know, there is one partner in the company um, who I, you know, talk with, you know, a ton, but it's not like he always holds me accountable in that sense, but he's a really big mentor to me. And maybe that will be more of him. I don't know, but it's, it's not, I can't think of a specific person that I have right here. So you talked about earlier where you had to switch positions. This was, uh, you said sophomore, junior year, um, where you switch positions and you said, Hey, I want to, I'm not doing this thing. I, I, I see a lane and I can go down this long snapping lane, a lot of people don't have the ability to be able to adjust, especially adjust on the fly like that because their ego tells them, no, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a center or I'm a tackle or I'm a, you know, a receiver. And you look at even one of your boys, Julian Edelman, you know, amazing uh, uh, quarterback, and then he had to turn into receiver. Talk to us a little bit about this ability to be able to iterate and how important that's been uh, to the success in your life. Well, the biggest thing is what you already said. It's getting rid of your ego. You know, if you have an ego, then, you know, that, that is always going to stand in your way and understanding that if you want to do something and, and do something great, if you want to be part of a team, if you want to accomplish amazing goals, like it might necessarily not be what you thought it was, or you might need to change your behaviors or, or you might need to change what you're doing a little bit and you need to check your ego. And so, you know, for me, switching positions was what can I do for me to get there? I knew I couldn't be at the positions that I wanted to play and that's okay. I found what worked well for me. And I think the second that people learn to check their ego and accept their circumstances mm. and then make their circumstances amazing, then they're able to accomplish great things. So this, I, I love this, what you were talking about, the, the circumstantial part, because what my pops taught me and my mom taught me was that joy was nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. 
Can you talk to us about how that definition of joy, and I'm not saying this is your definition of joy, but it's, 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 it's basically what you just said. Um, can you talk to us, too, about how that has impacted and created opportunities that maybe sometimes wouldn't have been there? Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, so I say this all the time. I'm so thankful and grateful and blessed that I was born legally blind. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because if I wasn't born legally blind, I might not have played division one football. I might not have been an NFL free agent. I might not, you know, be a, a, a keynote speaker. I might not be an entrepreneur. I might not be, you know, have owning my own businesses. You know, I wouldn't have the relationships I have today. I wouldn't have the story I have today. And so when I look at it that way, have that perspective, it's, it's joyful. I'm grateful. I'm thankful for that circumstance. Now, do I know that my life would be different if I had vision? I have no idea. I might've still been a D1 athlete. I have no clue. I can't make that determination because I don't know what the path would have been, but I know for a fact that it allowed me to do what I've done today and it's allowed me to do some pretty great things. And so when you can look at your circumstances as, you know, and have gratitude around them, I think you become a lot happier, healthier, you become more fulfilled, you become more joyful. It just, your life gets so much better. So talk to, uh, talk to those kids out there that, you know, they're, they're on the cusp. They're not in high school yet. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're standout athletes because there's a jump, right? From high school to college and then college to the pros. And it's almost, I mean, the, the jumps are so massive. Um, can you talk to those because you've experienced every single one of them? Yeah. I think that the first thing is check your ego. And understand that when you go to a new level, you are at the bottom of the totem pole. No one cares how good you were in high school. It, it, no one cares. It doesn't matter if you're an All-American. It doesn't matter if you're All-State. It, it doesn't matter. All that matters is you show up each and every day when you get to the next level and work your hardest and compete because you have to earn your spot. It will not be given to you no matter what you're doing. How has that translated into business for you? Because I, I see a lot of times, I mean, there's, there's both extremes. There's the high-level athletes that get out or during, I mean, we look at like the shacks of the world that get out and just become phenomenal entrepreneurs. You look at the Magic Johnsons of the world, phenomenal entrepreneur also. So they take that, that, that drive and competitive fire and they turn it right into that entrepreneurship. Then you see the other side that is like high functioning athlete. And then you see videos or you see them and it's like, they just couldn't let go of the glory part of it and get in and, and apply it in a different area. So, you know, how have you been able to, because you've been able to be successful in both sides. And um, so, you know, what, what's, the, what's the, the, the recipe for that, I guess you would say? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's understanding who you are as a person and, and finding a way to make something great out of your life. Like, I, I never understand the athletes who finish playing and then blow all their money, you know, on, on partying and, and different things and, you know, are screwed and, and, you know, don't know what to do with them with their lives. I think it's asking yourself, what do you actually want and, and checking your ego to make sure that you have, you know, the right foundation to get to where you want to go. So when you're dealing with friends, right. And a friend says, you know, they got a, a little bit of a challenge. Sometimes I like, you know, again, I, I complain in life. I complain, I complained this morning to my brother and he honestly, he whooped me back into shape. He helped me to realize and, and helped me to shift that perspective a little bit, right? Um, when we were talking about it earlier, as far as people holding you accountable, um, how about you, in your relationship? I mean, it, does, your, does, your, does your lady cut you any slack? Because my wife doesn't cut me any slack at all, man. Yeah, I mean, my girlfriend's amazing. Um, I think she definitely holds, holds me accountable in, in, in certain areas of your life, in my life. And I think that 
when it comes to like having a, a shitty day or something, I think most people have bad days, bad weeks, you know, allow those bad days to turn to bad weeks, allow those bad weeks to turn to bad months, allow those bad months to turn to bad years. And it's because they don't know how to fix them. They don't know how to hold themselves accountable or have others hold themselves accountable. They don't know how to shift their perspective. And so, yeah, like I might have a bad minute. I might have a bad hour, but I'm probably not going to have, you know, yeah, I might have a bad day here and there, but I'm never going to have a bad week. I'm never going to have a bad month because I understand perspective. I understand, you know, what I'm actually thankful for and grateful for. And I understand who's there to support me and to hold me accountable. And, and when you can focus on those areas, you know, your you know, shitty experiences will only last a certain amount of time. So, so Aaron, when you're a high performer like you are, and, and I, I'm not saying that you're up at 5 a.m. every morning, we understand that you're not a superhero every day. On the West Coast, you are, you said. Um, when you get back to the East Coast, sometimes it's a little bit different. You've got like seven calls from, the, from 2.30 to 6, which is unbelievable. What is the thing that Aaron does that gets no ROI, gets no return at all, but just makes you belly laugh and makes you joyful for no reason? Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of things. I mean, for example, just like going on podcasts like this, like I enjoy it. It's fun. I like making an impact to, you know, the people listening here, but there's no like seeable ROI. Now, do I know that a listener might take a look at this and say like, oh, I want to, you know, check out Aaron's company or I want to book Aaron to speak or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That might happen. And that, that does happen from time to time, but that's not my intention. My intention is how can I make an impact? I know that doing things like this, you know, don't create a, you know, tangible ROI monetarily for me. I know that like, I personally, I, like, I have people who, who help me with like creating content. I, I cannot, st- like I was spending time earlier. I'm trying to like grow my Twitter right now and, and <laughs> my LinkedIn for, you know, the stuff that I'm doing now. And I'm sitting down, I'm just like, I, I, I don't like this. Like, I, can I just like talk and have someone else deal with it? And that like, it's just, I don't, I don't want to do that, but I under also understand that like coming up with those tweets and those threads and those LinkedIn posts will actually help me attract new people and, and not only help people, but will eventually bring a new business by using content marketing. Yeah. So you're, you're on your way out to LA. You're going to be moving out this way. Um, I'm, I'm on the West coast also. And, uh, I want to thank every single person for listening, which is on the East coast, West coast. We've even got some, uh, in, uh, now we have Ghana, uh, we just saw some listeners in Ghana, which was awesome. Thank you to Akila that was just on the show. Um, but let's talk to let's talk to that uh, that high school athlete, high school and college athlete, because now we have something that, that with the NIL it changes the game. You didn't you didn't get a chance to be able to have this. How has that impacted the game? And let's talk about it in a, a, a positive and negative because it's something that you have to get prepared for. So I don't see any negatives with it, to be honest with you. I think it's a great opportunity. I'm sure there are some if I really dove into it more and learned about it. However, I think it's a great way for athletes who don't have time for jobs and, and things like that to earn some money. That being said, you know, would I love to have had a, you know, a sponsorship that paid me X amount in, in college to do things like, yeah. But what I would have actually used most of it for is to do exactly what I'm doing right here and right now. I would have created a brand around myself and monetized that within college because then it would have put me five years ahead of what I'm doing now. Um, I think, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, yes, you could have found a sponsor and I probably would have done that to get some, you know, cash flow or, or whatever, but 
I, what I really would have focused on was like, how do I build myself into a brand around social media? I would have started probably to get paid to speak back then. I would have built other businesses and used that to attract things to me because at the end of the day, like unless you are an all-star and gone pro and, and things like that, you're not going to keep those sponsorships forever. And so I think it, it, the smart way to go about it is, yeah, you know, you can look for that, but don't spend hundred percent of your time on that. If I was in college right now, I would be for myself and telling my teammates to like, build a personal brand, build a company, build a business. And you're, you know, there's nothing stopping you from doing any of that. Now that NIL is happening. How do you think that uh, when I say, when I talk about the negative part of it, when we talk about a team sport, right. And then we add the, the, in the, the personal brand part of it into it. How do you think that it's going to affect the synergy of teams as you move forward too? I mean, again, I wasn't a, a college athlete. I'm looking at it from the outside. I'm just looking at it from a, you know, I'm, I'm judging, but I have no idea. I don't have a skin in the game, yeah. but how do you think that impacts it? At the end of the day, like, yeah, there's going to be those assholes who are on the team and, and, you know, get a lot of followers on social media through things like that and, and have an ego. And I understand that. And, you know, they focus on you know that type of stuff. And it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, the people who focus on how can I use this to my advantage, like, and how, or not to my advantage, but to, to help other people to, to make an impact, to help grow a business, things like that. I think that is good for a team. People who are focused on using it for the greater good, not focusing it for themselves. Like, and I, I, I see it all the time with social media. It doesn't matter if you're in, in college or an athlete or you're just in the world of business and entrepreneurship. Like people focus on getting followers. Like I see people with like 10,000, 100,000, a million followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And it's just like followers don't equate to money. Followers don't equate to impact. Followers don't equate to any of this stuff. Like I've met people who have a thousand followers and ripped cash i've met people who have a hundred thousand followers and make absolutely nothing not saying that that's you know that that cash is the only thing that matters either either it it doesn't but my point there is like i think people get way too stuck on like how many followers do you have for x y and z like it it genuinely doesn't matter how do you want like what is the legacy that you want to leave like you know uh let's let's break it into uh let's let's talk three different ways number one what impact do you want to have in the, the, for the high school kids who are coming along that want to get to college. Let's talk about the college kids that maybe want to get to the pros and then the pros who, you know, you got a chance in the free agency market and everything like that. So let's talk to those three. Let's talk to the high school kids first. What impact do you want to, uh, and legacy do you want to leave for them? Yeah. You know, make that, make it known that like you can do anything you want. And if you want to play in college, then you have the ability to do that. You know, look, you might not be able to play D1 or not. I don't know. It depends on a, your skill level and B your work ethic but you can still find a spot. There's tons of schools out there at all levels. And if you keep working hard enough, you can make it there. What do you wish you would have known in high school that you, like looking back now, that you would have been able to be like, wow, this would have made my journey maybe a little bit, you know, more like a little simpler. Um, I'm not saying easy, uh, but what, what do you wish you would have known? So one thing that we didn't get into, and, and this applies here is like, understanding, for example, like business tactics and sales, because I, to get in front, to get a college offer, I contacted every school in the country. I cold emailed every single college coach. I cold called most of them or all of them. I showed up on a handful of campuses. And back then I did it. Like I wrote all these emails by hand and sent them one by one. And it took so much time. Now I send hundreds of emails a day through automation and uh, just, I click a button and they send, and that's it. 
And if I knew how to do that back then, if I had learned like that type of those types of skill sets, my life would have been, I would have had so many more hours back in the day. How many schools did you apply to? Not, not a ton, only, only a handful, but I contacted every school in the country. And the way that recruiting goes is, you know, if, I, I, I had a good feeling, you know, at the beginning of senior year, you know, these are the ones I've been talking to. These are the ones I should apply to. But, you know, I, I think I first got in touch with Tulane and like, are they responding in like November or December of senior year? And I hadn't yet applied to them. I don't know when their kind of like deadline was, but they had showed some interest. Um, so, you know, we started talking and, you know, I waited a few weeks and then I ended up applying, but that was kind of my thought of like, if they really wanted me, like they would work with me to make it happen also. What about the college athlete, uh, the college athlete, what legacy and what impact do you want to leave on them? Yeah. You know, similar to the high school in the sense of like, keep going and, and building something for yourself and making an impact, especially with NIL now, like you can make a real difference and help other people. And I think while you're in college, especially have fun doing what you love, you know, you are in a great time of your life and, and you can truly make an impact by building a brand for yourself by playing your hardest each and every day and knowing that, look, most people don't make it to the pros and that's okay. And understanding that you need to enjoy, you know, the time that you have playing football. Talk to us too about the, the free agency part of it, because you did go, you came out here. Uh, actually we were talking before the show and it was right. You were right down the street, John Carney, you were practicing for your pro day. Um, you're doing those kind of things. Talk to us about the emotional part of, you know, coming through college, you, you know, you, 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 come against the odds you play division one you get through with that you come through your pro day what are some of the emotions that you go through as you're doing those things and and that that a person could get prepared for that maybe when they're when they are coming out of college yeah i mean it's, it's excitement it's you know curiosity it's uncertainty you don't know what's going to happen i think the biggest lesson there though is like there's a life after football and i think more college collegiate and professional athletes need to know that and I think, you know, we were talking about this a few minutes ago, of like the difference between the people who are very successful and not successful after athletics, like understand that you can create a foundation. Now, let's just say I had made an NFL team, you know, let's suppose that had happened. I would have on the side started a business, whether it had been speaking or something else, I would have done something from day one to get myself prepared for, you know, when football ends, because you never know when that's going to happen. And, you know, yeah, you know, in the season, super busy and you might not have, you know, tons of at time to, to work on that. You might have a couple hours a day, but out of the season, you have tons of time and you can, you can do something to uh, create something great. And that's what I would have done. The advice I would give in those stages. How, how much do you think attitude plays into this whole role for you? Because, you know, you, you, you're constantly fighting against the odds. I mean, you're going, you're applying for a, a position when you're coming out of high school that there's only 120 some odd positions for that. And, and then you're going to, you know, when you were going to the pros, I mean, you're talking, um, what, we got, do we got 18 teams? We got 24 teams. 32. 32. Okay, so you got 32. You went from, I'm going to apply for a job that only 120 people can have to I'm applying for a job that only 32 people can have in the whole entire world. Yeah, and, and, and candidly, I didn't make an NFL roster. You know, I talked to a handful of teams and I, you know, I tried and, and I didn't make it and I pivoted into to other things, but you know, I think it's just having the mindset and the attitude of like, I will do whatever I can to make this happen. If it doesn't happen, you know, 
I tried my best and that's it. You know, I'm not a believer of like thinking of a plan B, but you know, when it wasn't working out the way I wanted, there were other areas and things that I wanted to pursue in my life and, and things that I had a passion for. So. How much has your circle impacted this? Like I'm very fortunate. Uh, you know, I've, I've got the same friends since I was in fourth grade. So we still get together. There's about 15 of us. Um, Will, Dave, my brother, Rob, Dale, Andy, Alfred, uh, DeAndre, um, you know, we've got a whole, like, we got this core group of guys that hang out, and it doesn't matter what I've ever done in my life, it doesn't matter whatever, what, whatever has been accomplished, they still hold me accountable, they make me laugh, and, and they bring me back to center, and they help me to realize what truly matters in life. How much has that, has, has your circle, if any, uh, had on you? Yeah, and you know, I think I, I'm different to a degree in the sense of like, yes, I do have a handful of friends from, from childhood and high school. And, and you know, there's, there's a few that I you know see on a, you know, on a fairly regular basis or, or whenever I can and, and hang out with them. But I think I've developed a lot of different relationships along the way. Like the people that I talk to the most are people I'm building business with and the people I'm building business with have become some of my best friends. Um, and it's, it's people that I, you know, have known for a few years, but I haven't known for, you know, more than three years, maybe. And I've, I've really enjoyed that. And I think it just depends. Like I, I definitely feel centered and, and grounded, uh, you know, with them and, and with, you know, the people that I've known for a long time, but I'm also someone who I, I keep my circle fairly small and, you know, that's okay. I also am someone who like, I'll have friends that I maybe don't talk to for six months, but then, you know, because we just, you know, either we're living in different places or, you know, we're not doing the same thing and that's totally fine. Then I see them and it's like nothing ever happened. But, you know, I have business partners that I talk to every single day that are friends of mine that, you know, we, you know, could go six months. Well, actually, we probably couldn't go six months without <laughs> talking because it would be a shit show. But you get the point there. Yeah. So what is what are some of the qualities like when you're looking, uh, you know, let's go into that business aspect of it. And, 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 you know, what are some of the qualities that you're looking for in, in people? Because for me, um, you know. I've got a chance to, you know, in, in partnering with different people, um, a lot of times, you know, you end up with the character of the person, you don't end up with the profit of the business. And so what are some of the things that your, that, uh, that your spidey sense goes up on, or what are some of the things that, uh, that will allow a person to be in your life for longer? Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to like business, are you, are you saying, or just any relationship? I would say in any, I mean, well, let's, let's go business first. You know, a strong work ethic, someone who works hard and smart and, and knows the difference between them because working smart oftentimes in business is, is better than working hard to a degree. Um, good communication skills and, you know, someone who compliments the things that I'm not good at. So like one of my business partners, who's basically like the chief operating officer of what we have going on, like I love learning about automation. I've gotten, you know, I'm probably better at automation and systems than 99% of people. And he's a thousand times better than me. And I will never be that good because I just don't have an interest in you know, going through all the crap that it takes to get that good at it. And I understand that I need him and I need his help. And I also like working with him, but you know, it's someone like that who has the skill sets that I don't have. What about in a friend? What, it, what, what causes you to stay in touch with somebody, you know? Yeah. I mean... You know, I think someone who I've just built a relationship with or a bond with, and, and we have things in common, we enjoy talking to each other. You know, it's, it's just someone who, we can pick up from where we last were, you know, despite how much time has, has passed. 
what is the, uh, you know, what are the, some of the things that, that you guys do? You said that you stay in touch with a kind of handful and you keep your circle small. Was that because of certain situations in your life? I mean, did, did certain things happen? No, not necessarily. It's, it's kind of just people drift apart and, you know, you don't stay in touch. And, you know, if you don't necessarily still have things in common, you know, it, it just, it, you know, you just, you know, don't keep in touch with people. And that's not the end of the world. But, um the handful that I keep in touch with, you know, we're not, not, not every one of my friends are business owners or entrepreneurs by any means, especially from when I was younger. Most of them are have typical nine to five jobs and that's totally cool. And it's, it's, you know, we still have a lot of things in common. Maybe it's sports, maybe it's athletics, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, it's, you know, finding time just to go out to eat or or grab a drink together and, and something like that. So playing at the levels that you have, can you enjoy sports now or are you, are you, uh, evaluating them? You know what I mean? Because I think I think I have friends who are in lighting, right? In lighting with concerts or managing large uh, um, uh, acts. And when they go to a concert, they're looking and seeing like, how's the microphone working? How's the lights? How's the, those things? And I ask them, can you sit back, relax, and can you enjoy the concert? They say sometimes, but they're they're constantly focusing in. Are you that way when you're enjoying sports? I mean, I know people who watch you know football every single Sunday, every single game or watch every single basketball game. And like, I'm never that person. I never will be because I just, I don't have an interest. Um, I watch what I care about. And so like, I watch Tulane football, you know, when they're on, I watch the Patriots when they're on, but like, I'm not going to watch any other football game unless it's like a big one. Like, yeah, obviously I'm going to watch like Alabama LSU or something like that's, that's exciting for me. I'll I'll watch something like that, but not really much else. And it's, it's not that I don't care, but I don't care. Like, at the end of the day, like, what the, I don't know, Buffalo Bills do doesn't affect my life. And and I even think about that with the teams I like. Like, the Patriots lose a game. If Mac Jones throws an interception, like, how does that affect me? Like, if we don't win the Super Bowl this year, like, do like yeah, do I wish we did? But, like, does it affect my life? No. Like, I would rather go build a business and make an impact and make a ton of money then have the Patriots win the Super Bowl next year. Like it, it genuinely doesn't <laughs> affect me. Like, yeah, yeah, of course I want them to win. They're my team, but it's, yeah. I think I can separate the emotions from it. And most fans can't. And I, I look at it and I think it's ridiculous. I also don't understand. And, and I obviously did this when I was younger, but I don't get why people wear jerseys with other people's names on the back. <laughs> I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. Like, obviously I have like a Brady jersey that I wore when I was younger, but like, I, I don't wear that shit anymore because I don't understand it. Like I had, I had jerseys with my name on my back. Why do I want to put a jersey on with another man's name on their back? Like I'll wear just a Patriot shirt with no one's name on it or like this shirt to a game. Like I just, yeah. I don't understand it anymore. I just don't get it. So uh, again, I want to go back to the part of Aaron letting loose, right? Because I mean, you're a super focused individual. I mean, you're obviously with your business that, that you're going to do, um, it's going to be very successful. Every single thing that you've done is successful. When does Aaron just get to let loose? And when does Aaron just get the belly laugh? Like, you know, yeah. when, when you were, t- when you were talking about it, I'm an irrational fan. Like I am like yeah. the reason why I want the Titans to win the Super Bowl is because I want to call every single one of my buddies and be like, I told you so for the last 47 years that it's coming. And this gets yeah. me nothing at all. Nothing. I, yeah. I mean, I probably, I probably shouldn't like them as much as I do. But what? But it's, but it's what your interest and your hobby is, and that's fine. And like, no, yes, no. I like football, and I love football. Absolutely. But it's, it's to a different degree, I guess. But what makes you laugh? Like, what makes you laugh like crazy? Like that is like I like ice cream sandwiches. They don't do anything for my fitness. Yeah. 
but I just like them, and I like Carnation. Like, I want yeah, them to sponsor I mean, the show at some point. Honestly, I think it's just having a good time. Like, I, I love going out to eat or, or going to a bar with friends or with my girlfriend and friends and, and, you know, enjoying the weather, you know, going to the beach, going, you know, doing some activity outside and just, just having fun and living life. Like, that's that's what I enjoy is just, in you know, creating experiences and, and memories. And, and I think that's that's what I... I find the most you know, fun out of when I'm not involved with like business. What was the most challenging thing while you were there in Tulane? Um, because it seems I like think, things came pretty simple to you. Not simple, but I mean, you work hard. Like you got phenomenal work. Yeah. I think you got a crazy, like amazing attitude. Um, you've got these things, these, these intangible things. What was the hard part for you? What was the challenging? Yeah. You know, Sophomore year, after I played for the first time, two months later, my coaching staff got fired. We went three and nine my freshman, sophomore year, and they were gone. And so I was put into this situation in a position of uncertainty because I contacted every school in the country, Tulane gave me a shot. I didn't know if the new coach was going to give me an opportunity. And so I thought about transferring schools. I thought about quitting football. You know, I thought about a lot and I almost did those things. And thankfully, when the new coach came in, I ended up, you know, sitting down with him and having a discussion. He was unsure and uncertain, mainly, mainly because he just never worked with someone like me before. Yeah. And we came to an agreement of just like, let's try spring ball and see what happens. And we never had that conversation again. It went really well. I was named a team captain two years later. Like it was done, but I created all this anxiety in my head because I just didn't know. And I was so uncertain. Now, how is it? You said, is it your right eye that, uh, that is gone? That's no, no sight yeah. at all. And left side, you have a little bit. So talk to us about like, how, how are you able to adjust? Because being a long snapper, you've got people coming from both sides. Is it, is, do you have a heightened aware or like people would talk about it when someone loses their sight that they could hear better, yeah. that they could feel better. You know, is this true? I mean, no, it's, it's not like scientifically no, but do I pay more attention to it when I'm crossing a street? Yeah, absolutely. But can I actually hear better? No, I just maybe pay more attention to it. I think okay. Two things. A, you know, I'd snap the ball and I'd pop up and I would hit the first person I see. That that was the first thing. Okay. Second, whenever I was in, the guards on either side of me knew that like they were protecting the inside gap. Got it. And so they were going to, you know, hit the people there and then I would take out whoever was in front of me. And you know, they understood that. They had to be aware of, you know, when I was in, when someone else was in, and you know, know that okay, Aaron's in, like let's give some extra attention and pay more attention and make sure we're good. So uh, let's let's move on to into the next stage of your life, which I think is is amazing. What is and I love it because where just exactly what you were explaining right there, where where you had a blind spot, your guys were stepping in, right? Your team was stepping in. You're relying on them. You said the same exact thing in business. Where you have blind spots in business, you want to surround yourself with people who are a thousand times better than you at that thing. I just think that that's amazing. What is the business that you guys are working on and, and what can we look forward uh, to from Aaron? Yeah. So the main business I'm involved in a couple others, kind of just my, very minority in minority positions, helping them grow. But the, my main business is called initiate connections and everything will be live in the next few days or, or a week or two. And Basically, what I realized is over the past few years, I love speaking. It's awesome. I do it well, but it's not scalable, at least to the degree that I want. And so 
what we're doing is creating this company that allows for me and my team to do speeches, workshops, and consulting with companies. And so it might be a one-time keynote that I do, or my part, one of my partners does. It might be a workshop where we do a one to three day workshop on the different topics we work in with companies or organizations. It might be a six month or 12 month consulting agreement where we dive in different areas. However, we are right now bringing on in the immediate future, a select few in the long term, probably more, I don't know how many, but a select few professional athletes, executives of company, high profile entrepreneurs that can fill into these spots. And so not only can a company book one of them for like a one-time keynote, if they say, hey, we see you have this NFL player, we want to bring them in for a keynote. But also if we have a workshop that's focused on, let's just say leadership, maybe we do that for two days and I run a keynote, I run some small group sessions. Maybe this NFL guy or this executive comes in and does a keynote and does some small group sessions as well to lighten the burden on me and kind of my partner, as well as like, if they, if we have these lined up where we're sending these people to keynotes all over, I'm getting, my team and I are getting a piece of that and we don't need to do all that traveling. So it's a combination of, of that and, and really making, you know, connections and, and impact at these different organizations through speeches, workshops, and, and consulting on the topics that we work within. What's the impact that you want to make, man? I mean, like say, say for instance, with myself, like, I, you know, through all the things uh, that I've uh, that I've had the chance to do. Uh, I simply want to bring joy to people. I want to bring joy to to the world. And joy, me, not meaning like, hey, you're happy, but just the fact that you fall in love with your current circumstances and allow magic to happen. And yeah, you know. So what's that? What's that impact? You know that that you want to have or the challenge that you want to solve. Uh, as you as you move ahead, I mean, you talked about the challenge that you want to solve, where the speaking for you is not scalable, right? But I'm I'm talking about to your audience, to the companies yep. out there that are saying like, well, number one, if you're a company out there, you need to have Aaron come and speak for you, because, I mean, I think every single person in the room is going to have to drop every excuse that they have on performance because Aaron has already broken those barriers. Um, yep. But what's what's the challenge that you want to solve for uh, for the companies that you're working with? Yeah. I mean, right now there's, there's a handful of topics. There's, I think four that we are focusing on and that will expand down the road. But I think the biggest area is like showing people that it doesn't matter the challenge, the obstacle, the adversity that they're facing, that with the right tactics and strategies and mentality and perspective, they can shift that and accomplish anything. Well, and now when, when do you think uh, it's enough? Right. And this is a, a question that is sometimes tough, but you know, say when we are when we are hard charging, when we're entrepreneurs, when we're building, when we're growing, when we're scaling, when when is it enough? It never is. I enjoy the process of what I'm doing, and if I'm not doing this, if one day I build this company and I sell it, I'll start something else. Like my only question is, ask me in forty years from now. I, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm not. I, I enjoy being an entrepreneur, and I. It's never going to be enough. How do you think that'll translate into relationships? Um, because, you know, I, I found that a lot of times when we have, uh, whether it be systematic or tactical ways to be able to become successful in business, um, those things don't translate into relationships, especially um, not only relationships uh, as far as friendships, but especially with a significant other, uh, with, your, with your woman. Um, how have you had to adjust um, your, your focus when yeah. you're dealing with your lady? It's the number one thing is just being present. You know, every single thing that you're doing when you're in business, be present where you are. When I'm on this podcast, my focus is 100% on you and what I can do to impact your audience and be present there. When I'm with my girlfriend, it's 100% being present with her. The people who think that like, you have to pick one or the other of a relationship or your fitness or, or your business, like they no lack of a better term, they're idiots. 
Like you can have everything. You just need to be present with what you're doing, understand what you want out of life. And when you're doing that thing, focus on it a hundred percent. Don't be half in half out. Don't be with your significant other and, you know, texting your, your business partners or respond to emails. Like, yeah, I need to check myself on that sometimes. And I'm sure she would yell at me occasionally <laughs> for doing it, but I also really focus on it. And it's, it's about like, okay, you're having dinner, maybe put your phone in the other room and you spend that actual time together and, 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 be present with what you're doing. So two questions. When's the last time you failed in business specifically? And when's the last time you failed in your relationship with your lady? I'm sure I fail my relationship. No, no. We want specifics day. though, Aaron. We aren't going for this overlying. <laughs> I mess up all the time. We want specifics. We want to know when's the last time that Aaron, the superhero, uh, screwed up. Because then that way you'll become human to all of us and we'll realize that we're not that bad of people. Yeah, I mean like... I guess right now it definitely has been hard being long distance. And so what'd you do a lot, a lot, not, not well, Aaron, example, come on, like, bro. Oh, like, let's not, go. You well, said there's nothing off one, limits, man. One, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm trying to give you an answer. So <laughs> one thing that I feel like I've done fairly often is we're on the phone and because I'm not actually there in person with her and I was talking on the phone, I'll be sitting on my, you know, talking on my phone and stuff will come across my computer and I'll be responding to emails or I'll be, you know, doing something that is, I want, I want to get done for my business and I'm not paying full attention. And I'm much better about that in person, but when we're you know not together and we're just on a phone call, I'm not necessarily the best about that. She, has she caught you in the last couple of weeks? Has she been like, oh, she, Aaron, yeah, you're not 100%. doing this? A hundred percent. If I'm not like that responsive or yeah, yeah, she knows. Did you, did you try and play it off? No, I, I own up to it. I say, you're right. I'm doing X, Y, Z. Do you own up to it immediately? And you, yes, you, but, I do. and is that, but is that a tactic? Is that one of the no, systems it's, that it's, you have? No, it's, it's, it's something that you just should do. Uh, in my opinion, <laughs> it's honesty and just, it's, it's better that way. Okay. All right. Talk to us about business, man. When's the last time you screwed up in business? I'll, I, I want to give you an example because I don't want any of this overarching garbage. I want something specific and I want to know that, that you screwed up on uh, March 14th. 2020, March 14th, I had a meeting with my company and I told them, this is not that big of a deal. I've been through worse. I've been through 9-11. This thing that they call the pandemic and coronavirus will be done in about three days. We'll be back to work and people will be laughing about it. This was recorded on video on March 14th, 2020. On March 16th, the world shut down. So I was a complete ass, and I have it on video. Tell us something specifically when you screwed up in business the last uh, time, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what degree to, to explain. So, like, one that happened, you know, the other day is, you know, I was sending out email campaigns and, and outreach campaigns, and I get an email back from someone. His name was, I don't, I don't remember what his first name was, like Roger or Robert or, or something. His last name was like, I don't know, I'll just say like Johnson. Um, and he was like, I don't respond to people who call me Johnson in the email. And I was like, hi, Johnson or something. And I just like screwed up stuff and addressed him by his last name. And I had to go and fix all of that. So, you know, yeah, there's little things like that. And, and honestly, like I didn't care. You know, there's a million other people to contact. It doesn't matter. 
Okay, so that one, you got off easy. Um, I'm not letting you off easy, this. Aaron. I'm talking big screw up, um, man. Big screw up. Give me one. Come on. No, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a good, big one to share. It's it's. I mean, have you lost money? There was one decision that I made. Lost one point two million dollars in eight weeks. I made the decision. One point two million dollars in eight weeks. Bang like that. Gone, and it was all my fault. All my fault. Yeah, I. I'm honestly having trouble thinking of something that's like that big. Like, yeah, I, I screw up like little ways every single day. Something that's that big. And maybe it's just like, I haven't been, you know, business as long as you have. And it's been, you know, five years. In, in no, I'm just, I'm just not a superhero, man. Like I'm screwing up all the time. I'm making dumb decisions. I made no, a but, dumb decision like, with my I, daughter this morning. No, but like I mess up all the time in the sense of like, I'll lose clients. You know, I've lost clients several times and that's totally fine. Whether you say something bad or you, you know, respond bad or you forget to respond or you, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, I haven't done anything that's caused me to lose a million bucks. I hope that never happens. <laughs> hey brother, if you're in business long enough, it will, it will. And I'm get sure ready, get ready for a lawsuit too, man. The first time I had a lawsuit, I was like, man, I was so down in, in the dumps and I called my partner and she was like, that means you're in business, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I think that that part is, is a big one. We are, Aaron, I am going to ask you for on your social yeah. media at some point, I want you to post a story that is very specific about some boneheaded decision. Not a, I messed up on an email, man, and I don't care because I can get more clients. I'm talking about like, dude, like, you know, I, I really want you to think about that. And I want you yeah. to hit us on our, on the social media for it, which I think would be Yeah, awesome. and honestly, that's a, that's a really good question that I think I just haven't been asked before because... <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure I have, but it's just to what degree? Because like I, I can probably name a million little things that I screwed up in. But I mean, when's the last time you said like Aaron? Big? When's the last time you said Aaron? I'm a bonehead. I'm not saying like you know uh, you ha- it has to be a million dollars, but it you know it, it's it's scalable, right? You know, when you were yeah. talking about if you wake up at five o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, it's still waking up early to you. But what are some of the things that you've messed up, like that you've made really bad decisions? You haven't made good decisions your whole life, man. Like, no, of course not. You know, you've made some boneheaded decisions. You're a superhero. I know there's a cape on you. If you're watching right now, you can see it on him. He's a handsome dude. And so when have you uh, made that boneheaded mistake, man, and been like, and you can, it, it could be in business or it could be personal. It could be friends. It could be any of those things, you know? Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a really good question. I mean, it's just, when is, when is the last, I, I guess when you expand it outside of business, let's, let's give that a, a, a thought for a second, because I'm sure I can come up with something <laughs> for that. Um, okay. I, I, I've got a good one. And, and, you know, it's, it, it, for example, I, um, I'm in the process of helping. So my, my mom is a photographer. Okay. And so I'm in the process of helping her, you know, sell images that are, you know, on sale for something that she was doing for a project and, you know, dealing with all of, you know, restructuring her website and, and building out certain things and like giving her a template of like, this is what you need to do to sell stuff. And honestly, like, I, I love helping other people. I, I really do. But I get very frustrated when someone doesn't understand any technology at all, or I have to walk them through step-by-step everything. And it's hard because like, of course I love my mom and I would do anything for her, but I, I definitely over the past couple of weeks have lost my temper and my cool with it and been like, like, this is ridiculous. You need to do X, Y, Z. 
And that is just something stupid that I shouldn't, you know, lose my cool with at all. But it's just, it's, it's, it gets hard for me because sometimes I go back into that and it goes back to the conversation of like empathy of thinking of like, like simply like, why can't you understand X, Y, Z? And it's just because, you know, some people don't and that's fine. Well, I, I, and I love that, man. I mean, I think everybody out there is feeling you because we've all been on the phone with our dad and he's like, how does the remote work? And you're like, push the red button. And he's like, which red button? And you're, I mean, it's the, one of the most frustrating things in the yeah. entire world. So, um, I, you know, I want to, I want to congratulate you on your business for all of you listening out there. We're going to, we're going to place that in the, uh, in the bio, we'll put the link. It won't be live for how long, when, when does it go live? I'm hoping the website will be live by like Monday um, for the business. So we're actually going to put the link in there, guys. It's not going to be live until Monday. um, But, you know, if you're looking for a speaker, honestly, I I think that you found you found the match. And and for the time time being, if if someone's watching this before then, you know, you can just go to my website, AaronGolub.com. You know, I always say it all the time when I'm on shows, like if I can help you with anything, if, if you're looking to either book a speaker or if I can just help you and add impact and add value to your life, like email me, Aaron at AaronGolub.com. Like I, I'll, I'll respond. But he won't call you by your last name if your name is Johnson now because he learned his lesson. And he's definitely not going to give you technical that was, advice. That, that was that was automation. That wasn't that wasn't me. That See, was an automated that, that, system. So we and we and we opened it up because that wasn't a mistake. The Aaron. Well, it was because it's the system it was, part. Because I, I should have fixed that somehow. Okay. I mean, I honestly don't know how that happened because every, most of the other emails in that chain were uh, correct with the first name, and I must have done something. Just copied that or you know pasted something. I don't know. But well. Well, I want to I want to congratulate you, man. I want to congratulate you on uh, on not only the accomplishments for me, the accomplishments are, are, are cool, but it's the person who you are, man, the heart that you have and the 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 dedication that you have to your craft and how you're able to adjust and how you have the ability to adapt when you were playing a certain position in high school and you saw a lane in another area, you were able to switch positions when you didn't make the team for in the NFL, which understandably you went for a job that there's only 32 positions in the world. You still were able to pivot, keep the same attitude and transfer it into what it is that you're doing now, which I think is absolutely amazing. So, I mean, Aaron, it's it's incredible. It's incredible to spend time with you. I want to have a second episode. I would like to have you on again. And the reason why I want to have you on again, this whole next episode is going to be all the screw ups of Aaron. And I want to hear every bad thing that you've ever done, the dumb yeah. stuff that you've said to your lady, because there's no man on earth that's been with a woman for <laughs> more than two weeks that doesn't screw up on a day-to-day basis and say I, stupid I stuff. That. So um, I agree with that. But Aaron, I, I started the podcast because of my kids. And I started it because of Maddox and McKenna. One's 10 years old and one's 13, about to be 11, and uh, the other one is about to be 14. And I started it because I wanted to take iconic people like yourself that have broken barriers in this world. And I wanted to show them that there's no idols in the world, that there are simply people with amazing attitudes and crazy work ethic, and you are that example. What what, uh, advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna and if you could use both of their names, it would be amazing. Yeah. First off, Maddox and McKenna, I think the two biggest things are, you know, first off, don't worry about other people's judgments or opinions because they truly don't matter. Focus on what you want and, and what you are passionate about. And number two is you truly can accomplish anything you want through hard work and, and dedication and, and, you know, focusing on 
what you're trying to get done. You can, you can learn to do anything. You can accomplish anything. It doesn't matter what other people say. Like you, you can figure it out and, and do great things. Well, I, I want to thank you, man. I mean, for, for all of you out there listening, I want to thank you for riding with us. I want you guys to check out the sponsors. Um, you guys have been riding with us. It's been amazing. This is, uh, we just had episode 200 just recently, and uh, you guys have supported us to get us to the top 1% globally of all podcasts, which is very humbling. Um, but like Aaron said, you know, ask me in, in 40 years if that's enough. We still got a long way to go. We're just getting started with this thing. And Aaron, you have been phenomenal. You need to check him out at AaronGollub.com. His new company, we're going to uh, put that in too. Um, but most of all, get in touch with this man. You know, connect with him, whether it be through his social media, which will have his handles on there. Um, but to be able to see a person that can break the type of barriers but still be in that humble mind state, um, to be able to want to give back to other people and have an impact on people and not just, you know, uh, looking to advance just self but wanting to advance everyone along with it. Aaron, my hat's off to you. You're an amazing guy. Thank you. Appreciate that. And you are officially off the hot seat.